Hi everyone, this is Luke Moroni for the Daily Property Search Podcast. And the topic I'd like to talk about today is, are you wary about what the bank economists are saying? And before I get into this podcast, just a general disclaimer that this podcast is for general purposes only and should not be regarded as financial or legal advice. Make sure you get your own independent advice when it comes to investing. So are you wary about what the economists and especially the bank economists are saying in the media? It's a worry sometimes about the information that is portrayed out there in mainstream media and to some of the property media as well and what kind of information that we take on board and we're influenced by as property investors. Are we taking it as a grain of salt or are we really affecting our investment decisions moving forward? And we've got to look into some of the detail behind the information or the analysis that they're providing for us. What are the economists saying? Is it really relating to what is going on? What is Why are they actually saying those things? Is there some falsities in that argument that they're portraying? So we really want to dive deep into finding out what it is. And obviously, if you're the more you are educated behind there, behind these ideas or the ongoing articles that are put out there in the media, having your own education and training will put you in a better light to sift through some of this data, sift through some of the ideas that are been put out there, sift through some of the forecasts that have been suggested. So I wanted to talk a little bit more about that, especially for those who may not look at this information too uh, too often or may just um, watch the Channel 9 or Channel 7 or Channel 10 News or ABC, whatever it might be, and look at that nightly news and actually just get those little snippets and then go and tell friends and family before actually thinking about them thinking about that idea or that that topic for themselves and say, does that make sense? So I'll dive straight into those, a couple of key points in regards to what banking economists are saying and what what we really want to take from that. So my first point is in relation to, does the information they provide make some sense and really resonate with you? Um, what are they? What are others saying about this? You know, are people commenting about that article? So you really want to talk, think about that information. Does it really relate to really what you've seen on the ground? Are you going out to real estate open inspections and you're seeing that information translate into the number of people that are attending, the number of bidders at auctions, the frenzied activity or the lack of frenzied activity in the marketplace? What they're saying, is that really relating to what you're seeing? What other people, friends and family are saying? What um, colleagues are saying? Are people talking about that more often? If you're asking some people's opinion on that particular topic that's been mentioned by a banking economist, what is their response? Do they think it's a lot of garbage? Or are they just saying, yeah, oh, the property market's just absolutely bombed out and um, you know things are ridiculous. So you really wanna get a, an idea. Obviously, the more the people you're asking, whether they're educated or experienced or not, is gonna be a reflection on whether you can actually understand if they're coming from an experienced place or, or lack that experience. So we wanna you know, see what, if there's a banking economist saying something, is there, 
Is there someone on our, on our property panel talking about it? Is there an experienced property investor discussing these topics? And what are they talking about? Uh, is some of the questions or concerns or ambiguous ideas that they're putting forward in their articles, in their speech, actually uh, of concern to that property investor or that panelist who is actually um, discussing that particular topic. So we really wanna see from an experience side of things what it actually means then to you. My second point in regards to banking economists and, and what they talk about is what are the reasons behind their forecast? Why are their forecasts being changed? You know, think about you know, why, why are they saying there's a decline or are gonna be a rise in the, in the future of a, of a property market? And, and deep diving into are those reasons that they're giving relating to something that is already happened, is actually happening right now, or they're seeing this forecast for happening in future? So there's a lot of different things. And like I said, it was, this is all based on an article that I saw in the, um, your, property, uh, your investment property magazine. And it was an article in relation to Alan Oster, who's the, the NAB chief economist, and his predictions on the property market. And he was saying about his forecast was change from peak to trough on the Sydney property market. Initially saying it was 15%, going to drop 15%. He's changed that to now a 20% drop. Now, the reasons behind that particular forecast were in relation to tighter lending restrictions and the waning of foreign investments into uh, property or the the lack of foreign investment uh, or buying into property investments in Australia um, has changed in uh, over a period of 12 to 18 months. Now, the interesting factor is the 12 to 18 months ago, some of these forecasts that have been put forward have been about 12 or 18 months ago at that 15%. Some of the changes that he stipulated as reasons for his decline to be further from 15 to 20% have actually been a situation that that's information that they already knew 12 to 18 months ago. So why is his forecast changed now? Can we really believe the thought process behind the forecast initially? I feel that there was a strong point of us having a very heavy landing in terms of property markets declining. And in through 2017, you could see tightening of things happening. You could see changes to foreign investment, bank banking regimes um, being tighter, serviceability harder to get those loans. So that was all in forward thinking for us as property people looking in the market each and every day, seeing some of these changes take place. And now we're in a situation where they're now stating that their forecasts are changing because of those same reasons back from 12 or 18 months ago. So it makes me think, well, if they're using those excuses or those reasons, is it they're only gradually changing their, their statements or their, their forecast when it then suits the, the idea of the market and not really saying that there's gonna be a dramatic drop in the, in the property market by 20% initially back 12 to 18 months ago. Maybe that puts a little bit more fear in our, 
our, our consumer sentiment that's out there, if the banks are saying that, well, people are going to start to believe that. So there's a couple of different things and, and ideas to sort of balance out now. And in thinking about what's happening, are we thinking that the, the banking economists are actually going to be very conservative in their approach in terms of, especially when it's in a declining market? Because they're not going to put, or maybe there's a, a, I guess the cynical side of me is just thinking that, that there is ideas behind that to not put too much push in the marketplace or the lack of consumer confidence where they would influence a market to actually um, go even further in decline. So we've got to really look at those reasons and when those reasons are coming out and why those reasons are actually stated right now or if they're actually past reasons that they bring up again. So we want to look at what's actually happening now and then into the future. Are there been changes in the lending arrangements? Are there further changes in foreign investment? Well, I don't see any changes in those two areas right now. And that would lead me to think that we're going to be further declines in the city and Melbourne property markets moving forward for the rest of this year. So I agree with the declines. I'm just unsure about the reasons that they're bringing up now is a state of changing your forecast from 12 to 18 months ago into what's going on right now. The third thing I would like to bring up about banking economists is, do you feel that there's actually an underlining agenda that they're portraying? And that's where I sort of spoke just briefly about in the last point in regards to not putting too much pressure or not deflating the, 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 the consumer sentiment out there by stating upfront of having an aggressive approach of saying a 20 or 25% decline in the Sydney property market 18 months or two years ago, where they could have said that sort of, you know, uh, that statement out there, because that's what we're kind of seeing right now. Now, knowing that there was things that were really tight and things um, were, the brakes were being put on in lending, the brakes were put on in terms of foreign investment, we've had declines in both areas, we're, we're seeing a lot of less consumer confidence. So maybe they're easing into that, those forecasts saying, oh, we'll just state it will be a 5% drop every time we put a forecast forward. But really, can you trust some of these, these banking economists' forecasts? People that have held on to their properties in Sydney and Melbourne for the last two years, thinking that maybe things might turn around. You know, maybe they're listening to some of these bank economists talking about what's going to really change in the market, and they're influenced by those those comments that are out there and holding back from selling their properties. And then they see the market decline even further, and they're in a situation then they have to sell, and then they get more motivated to sell, and they can't get their money out of that property that they own to move into that other property or they're in a financial difficult decision because they're over leveraged on that property. So that's where we've got to look at the underlying agendas potentially, and I'm saying potentially, that a banking economist might, might be saying. And this all comes up in a reason is the banks are obviously out there to make some money. They want to have confidence in the, with consumers. And if consumers are lending more, the banks are making more money. So they want to get as many positive uh, consumer confidence out there 
And for those that can borrow at the moment, that are in a situation where they have the availability to get those funds, then might be in a situation where they actually can get more people to borrow money. And if they are are playing down and um, totally thinking that the market is gonna go, go south and drop significantly, well, people are gonna hold on to their money. And that's a significant part of thinking what is the agendas behind those banking economists and whether there is or not. And maybe you may not feel that there is. So it's all about thinking about where they're coming from and what they're saying. And, and you know, it, it would also be good to know where, how they're backing up that information personally about their own financial situation. Are they buying investment properties? Are they selling investment properties? Are they buying or selling their own home? How are they transacting? They're only talking about markets as, as a whole, but not their own personal experiences. So I think this needs to be really thought about when you're actually listening to what banking economists are saying in the marketplace. So hopefully that helps you think about some of the rhetoric, some of the information, um, and potentially some of the underlining agendas that are coming through that are being portrayed in the media. And hopefully that helps you in thinking about your plans and strategies when it comes to your own personal investing. If you'd like to talk about this particular topic further or your own personal circumstances, please do give me a call on 0400-332-377. Thank you for tuning in. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.